Thank you, Judy, for that special this morning. Let's take our Bibles, please turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 25 through 29. Hebrews chapter 12. You've probably noticed that we've moved into the olive room. We're getting those repairs done to the platform. I'm thankful that we got started on that as we begin to pull things up. We found a lot of dry rot and things like that. The plywood was in parts coming apart right in our hands as we were trying to pull it up. So thankful that we're able to get that taken care of uh, during this hiatus. But I'm praying that we can get it done quickly and safely and that we can be back to church real soon. And that would be a blessing. It's very difficult in this room. It's very different. Uh, The sound is different. The singing is different. And even the preaching is very strange uh, to what we're used to. And so uh, bear with us tonight a little bit or as we we work through uh, all these changes. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. If you found your place, let's read together verse 25 through the end of the chapter. See that... Listen, underline this. This is where we really want to focus. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not, uh, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signified in the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. For our God is a consuming fire. For the next few moments tonight, I'd like to preach a message entitled, A Voice from Heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We pray that you'd help us with it. Lord, we ask that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, we find it difficult when we have these changes, and so we need especially your Holy Spirit's power and presence to speak through this situation. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just fill me, fill each one that is listening, that we might hear the word of God and apply it to our lives And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look back in verse 25 of our text tonight. The Bible says this, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Refuse not him that speaketh. I guess the question that comes to mind is, who is him? Who is the Bible referring to when it talks about who is speaking in uh, Hebrews chapter 12? So turn back to Hebrews chapter 1 and we will find our answer there. The Bible says, God, in chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. You'll remember that if we were to go back and pick our way through the Old Testament, we found very uh, many instances of God speaking. The Bible says there, in divers' manners, he spoke uh, to, unto the fathers by the prophets. And so we know that even before the prophets, God spoke to Adam and Eve. We know that God spoke to Noah. We know that God spoke through the prophets and Jonah and Elijah and others would go and preach the word of God as revealed to them from God himself. Then the Bible says in verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 1, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. In these last days hath spoken unto us by his son. The book of Acts tells us we are living in the last days. 
The prophecy of Joel was fulfilled in the last days, in the latter times. And we are living in those last days. And the Bible says that in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. God has chosen that in these last days he would speak to us through his son, Jesus Christ. We see an illustration of that in the book of Acts when Paul was stopped on the road to Damascus. That bright light shined and he fell down before, his, uh, before that shining cloud and the voice spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. We know that Jesus speaks in this dispensation. Now, I don't mean to say this morning that Jesus speaks in revelation from heaven any longer. We have the completed word of God. Jesus is the living word, and this is the written word. But from Hebrews chapter 1 all the way to the end of the book, the Apostle Paul sets out to prove why we should listen. Why should we listen to this Christ? Chapter 1 tells us that he is better than the angels. Chapter 2 records that he is better than Moses, representing the law. In chapter 5, we read that he is better than Aaron the high priest. In chapter 7, he is better than Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a prophet, a priest, and a king. He was better uh, than the earthly high priest in chapter 8. The Bible says also in chapter 8, he's a better mediator of the new covenant. The theme of Hebrews is simply this, Christ is better. And that's why we should listen. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says this, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25, and we've established that Jesus is speaking. That is introduced all the way back in Hebrews chapter 1 and the theme carries throughout the scripture that Christ is better. And now it says, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. And so we see, first of all, a precaution. A precaution. There's an implication in that statement that we can tune God out. I'm ashamed to say that I have tuned God out. I'm sure that if you're honest with yourself this morning, you would say there are times in my life where I've just turned my ear away from God, that I've not listened to what he has to say. And the Bible says, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. Listen this, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. And so the apostle gives us some precautions. If, if I could give you a couple scriptures quickly, Hebrews chapter three and verse 12, look back there. Hold your place in Hebrews 12. We'll look back at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, the Bible says in verse number 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, listen to this now, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, when we become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, notice what happens next. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast on the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts 
as in the provocation. There's a correlation there towards hardened hearts and those that do not hear the voice of God. Romans 10 verse 17 tells us why hearing is so very important. It says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Turn, if you will, to Psalms chapter 78. Psalms chapter 78, the psalmist here tells us why it is so important that we hear. Psalms chapter 78. The Bible says there in verse 1, I'm going to read four verses. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25 warns us that we are not to close our ears to the words of the Lord. Psalms chapter 78 gives us some precautions. What are some things we can do to be sure that we are hearing from God? Well, first of all, we need to grant attention. Notice what it says in the first verse, give ear, O my people. That just literally means to pay attention, to listen. I'm sure you've snapped your fingers at your kids and said, hey, come on now, listen up. I don't know if it bothers you, but it bothers me if I'm talking to somebody and they're doing this, not paying attention. And then they come back later and say, well, I was, I was wondering what you thought about this. Well, we already talked about that. You just weren't listening. We're, it means to put away the clamor of the world, to give somebody your attention. Pastor Clayton was telling me that uh, uh, Pastor Sexton that uh, has become a friend of his through the death of their granddaughter. And they've got some advice from him from time to time. And he said he has this gift as a pastor that when he's with you, you feel like you're the only person in the room. I think that is a gift. And he says he's, he's never rushed. He always has time to listen. I, my wife and I visited a church years ago in Florida, about 10 years ago when we were on vacation. And and it's a church of about 5,000 people, I believe. It was a huge auditorium, a large congregation. And we got there just as Sunday school was letting out, and we went in the auditorium. But already there was about 300 people in the auditorium, kind of spread out in this big, massive auditorium. And the pastor came in the front door, and he saw us all the way at the back. And he said, hey, you're new here. And he walked all the way across the auditorium and greeted us and spent some time with us. And that was a, a gift. He gave us his attention you know, we need to learn how to give God our attention, how to grant him that attention because he deserves it. But secondly, we need to gain awareness. The Bible says in chapter 78, give ear, O my people, to my law. Then it says this, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Gain awareness. The word incline your ears or the phrase, incline your ears means to seek out, to go looking for. We often think to incline your ears means to lean in and to listen hard, and that's part of the definition, but it means literally to go and look for, to seek God's will, to seek his word. You know, there are times where we have a favorite preacher, and we hear they're coming to town, and we drive a distance to hear them preach because we know that the word of God will be preached and that they have a gift that allows it to penetrate our hearts. That's inclining your ears. God says, I don't want to just have your attention. I want you to seek after it. I want you to gain awareness. And then thirdly, we need to give it away. And if all you get from this message uh, tonight, I want you to say these three things with me. Number one, grant attention, gain awareness, and give it away. Notice what it says in verse three. 
which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us, verse 4, we will not hide them from our children. Now, the words is generational. We need to give attention because we learned it from our fathers and we need to pass it on to our children. So it's important that we give ear to the Lord. And you say, why is this so important? Look back at Hebrews chapter 11 and we see, or Hebrews 12, sorry, and you'll see the consequences of shutting your ears to the Lord. The Bible says in verse 25, I got another page, hold on. Verse 25, seek that to refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. The consequences are simply this. There's no escaping a holy God. We are going to be held accountable for what God tells us, whether we're listening or not. And so well, that's not fair. Oh, friend, if you're sitting and listening to this broadcast today, you likely have one of these. You're hearing the preaching of God's word and you are accountable. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So we see, first of all, in Hebrews chapter 12, a, a, a precaution that we must take. Secondly, I want you to notice a prophecy. Look at verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth. Can you imagine when God speaks, how the earth shakes? But now he hath promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. God is giving us a prophecy here that there's another time that he's going to come and he's going to shake heavens and the earth. And I want you to notice in verse 26, we see, first of all, a reminder. We are reminded of the power of God. In verse 18 of our chapter, it says, For ye are not come unto the mountain, unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. They begged God to stop speaking. Verse 20, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. He's reminding us in Hebrews chapter 12 of what took place in Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, you might remember the people of Israel came to the Mount of God, Mount Sinai. And Moses would go up the mountain. And I, I remember preaching this passage before and illustrating with somebody running up and down the stairs of our platform, if that helps you remember the passage. And Moses, as an old man, went up that mountain. And he met with God and he said, God said, I want you to go down and warn the people that if they even touch the mountain or try to gaze upon me, I will shoot them through with an arrow. And so Moses runs back down and he warns the people and he runs back up the mountain understanding that Moses is quite advanced in age now in his 80s. He runs up on the mountain and he says, okay, God, I did what you told me to do. And God says, all right, go down and warn him again. And he says, oh, okay. So he ran down and he warned him again. He came back up. And God says, now I want you to go down. I want you to tell everybody to block off some of the passages. I want to make sure that they can't break through. And so he did, and they went down, and they spent some time, and they took all the mountain passages and blocked them off, and Moses went back up, and he says, I did what you asked God. He said, I want you to go down and warn them again. Tell them one more time that if they, if they try to break through or gaze upon my glory, I will shoot them dead. Moses says, God, they, they can't get through. He says, go and tell them. 
So Moses went down another time, and up again he came, and God gave his law. And the Bible says that when God spoke, or the cloud descended and God spoke, that the people stood back in fear and trembling. See, all those things didn't scare them. The warnings and the preventative measures that were taken, but the very presence of God caused them to step backwards. The Bible says here that God's going to speak again like that. So he first reminds us of the past, but then he gives us a revelation. He says he will do it again, and this time not just earth will shake, but all of earth and heaven. Notice, if you will, Revelation chapter 1. Turn there. I believe this is what he's referring to. In Revelation chapter 1, I'm going to just give you one verse here, then we're going to jump to Revelation 19. But the Bible says in verse one, chapter 1 and verse 15, speaking of the one that John saw on the Lord's day, part of his description says, and his feet like unto fire, or like, sorry, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. I've been to the ocean. I've been when there's storms. I've heard the crashing of the waves. But the Bible says it's not just one single sound. It's the sound of many waters. And God's voice will cause the earth to shake. The Bible says, if you look in Revelation chapter 19 with me. Look there, Revelation chapter 19. We come to the very end of the word of God. And the Bible gives us another description of God's voice. It says in verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is not the rapture of the saints. This is the second coming of Christ. Riding back on that horse victorious. Verse 12, His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, listen, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and in his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. The Lord Jesus Christ will return in power and glory, riding upon a white horse. And the Bible says the armies of the earth will follow, but they will do nothing as the sword of the word of God goes forth out of his mouth and slays the armies of the earth. That's the power of God. That's the power of his word. So we see a prophecy. But he, turn back to Hebrews chapter 12. You'll notice with us a purification. A purification. He said, what are we talking about? We're talking about not refusing him that speaketh. God is going to speak. And he's given us some promises in his word. He's told us, first of all, we need to take some precautions to make sure we're listening. Within that voice, he said, there's a prophecy, there's a greater day coming when I will speak and the earth and the heavens will shake. But it leads to a purification. Look at verse 27. Actually, look back at verse 26. It's important that we catch this whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, what word? Yet once more. 
So he's referring back to verse 26. Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifies something. The removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. You see, what is going on here? It's a purification. First of all, we see in the purging of the earth. He says here, I'm going to shake that earth. My voice is going to come and it's going to shake the very heavens and the earth. And here's what it signifies. The removing of all those things that are shaken as of things that are made. Those are temporal things. Things that we are storing up for ourselves. The things that we think are important and we are holding on to. God says, one day I'm going to shake this earth and all that stuff's going to collapse to the ground. It's going to blow away like the chaff in the wind. And the only thing that's going to remain is this, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. In other words, those things that God made. So we see the purging of the earth, but we also see the purifying of the eternal. You know, it's interesting, years ago we went to Webster's Falls. I don't know if you've ever been there up at Spencer's Gorge and we were hiking with some teenagers and we went around there and it was interesting. On one side, you could see all of Dundas. Up above, you could see Ancaster a little bit and Flamborough. And, but you could see all of Dundas and the, the smokestacks and the things coming out of different uh, factories and buildings that were there. But if you turn just the other way, you could see all of God's beauty, all of creation. Now, God has told us to prosper and God has told us to spread forth and multiply and replenish the earth but we've done an awful poor job of it. And God says, one day I'm going to shake the earth and I'm going to separate all those things that are not eternal, those things that are earthy, and I'm going to purge them and purify the earth. You know, I wonder today if that's not a message for us to consider what it is we're holding on to, what it is that is so important to us. I was just thinking about this before I came to church. You know, a lot of us, we miss a lot of the things that we have, don't we? We miss some of you miss eating out a lot. You know, you miss going into a restaurant and having a meal with friends. And, and understand this, I'm not against that. I, I enjoy eating out too. But that's not important. My wife was telling me she picked up some kids from our church. I, I guess the oldest was about 12, down four kids, down to about nine years old. And those kids came over to our house and they wanted to go to camp. And so she was having them do a little work to help them earn some money and do, in the gardens and stuff. And and so they came over, and after she wanted to treat them, so she said, where'd you guys like to go, McDonald's or Wendy's? And they said, McDonald's, let's go to McDonald's. And so she took them to McDonald's, and she said, why did you choose McDonald's? I'm just curious, do you like it better than Wendy's? And they said, no, actually, we've never eaten out before. It's just the one that we've heard about on TV. Now, understand, that's a first world problem, isn't it? There's millions of kids that have never eaten out before. But to think that that's something that we find so important eating out and going into a store and shopping and all the things that we like to do, I think we're starting to realize it's not all that important. Uh, it's only what we do for Christ that really matters. You know, Jesus taught on that. The Bible says this, Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We not, need not shut out the word of God or refuse him that speaketh to us, 
because he's trying to purify us. You know, the more that God speaks to your heart, the more you get into the Bible, the more you listen to Bible preaching, the more we're through with things of this world. And we want to shake them off like the dust of the earth. So there's a purification in the word. But then we see, fourthly, there's a promise. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Look at that promise that he gives us. First of all, it's a promise that leaves us secure. After God shakes the earth and purifies everything, all that's left is a kingdom. A kingdom that God has promised us. It's a kingdom which cannot be moved. I, I was just looking the other day and I was kind of interested a little bit in world history and I was looking at different kingdoms that have come and gone. I was talking to my wife last night and, and my daughter and they both got up and left the room after a little while. But I was looking at all the countries of the world on Wikipedia and when they were founded and different things and some of the geopolitical things that took place to form two countries out of one and such. And, and this stuff like that's interesting to me. They both walked out, but it was interesting to me. And this is what I've learned. Earthly kingdoms never last. But God says, I'm going to give you a kingdom which cannot be moved. It's God's kingdom. So we have a promise that leaves us secure. But then we notice, and this is important, a promise that leads us to serve. Notice what it says. Whereby we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. Whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Knowing what God can do just simply with his word, the purging of this earth, and the gift of God that he gives us this, he says there's, there's two things here we need to take in. We need to understand that God is a God of judgment, so we should serve him. We should obey him. We should follow him. But we also know that God is a God of love, and he's giving us this kingdom which can never move. So let's have grace, and let's serve him. Let's love him in return. Our God is a consuming fire. He burns away the chaff. He shakes off the temporal and the earthy. He purifies and he makes holy for service. You say, why are we preaching this? Because our theme is to be the church. If we're going to be the church, the Bible says this, judgment, it is time that judgment starts at the house of God. I think we need to allow the word of God to get into our lives. He says, don't, don't tune me out. Don't try to refuse him that speaketh. Listen to what God has for you. And if I can challenge you in anything this year, listen, really tune in on the word of God. Focus in on what God is trying to say to your heart, but let it change you. Because at the end, we see what it does is it turns us into servants of the Most High God. Philippians chapter 2, and I may talk about this tonight. Philippians chapter 2 reminds us that Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself a servant. He humbled himself. It became like us unto man, why? Because he could serve us. He is the son of man. We sang about that tonight. He is a man of sorrows because he loves us very much. Can we serve like Jesus served? I remind you of the verse that's on the wall behind me. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes right where we are. If God has spoke to your heart, would you...
make this simple commitment tonight. God, help me not to tune you out any longer. Help me to listen. We learn that his word has promises and it's purifying. We learn that his word is going to come and shake the very foundations of the earth one day. And all these things that we hold dear right now, they're going to be cast aside like chaff to the wind and burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. But those things that will remain are those things that God has built for us. Things of eternal value. Are you laying up your treasure above? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us and we pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, we pray, to honor you and to serve you with our hearts and our lives. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you'll join us tonight. Have a great afternoon.